Father, we just want to thank you. Just want to give you glory this morning. What an awesome God. We just love you, Lord. We just want to thank you. And even as we, Lord, meditate upon your word, Father, enable us to see your word as a love letter from our Father to his children. Father, behind every word, oh Father, let us hear the heartbeat of the Father and the cry of the elder brother. For you said in your word all day long, Father, you stretch forth your hands to a rebellious and a godless people. And I pray, Lord, none of us will be in that category, O oh Lord. We will run to your embrace. Even though you afflict us, even though you chastise us. As David says, we will run into the hands of God. We will fall into the hands of God for great is his mercy. And therefore, this morning, even as we meditate upon your word, Father, enable us to hear the voice of the Spirit. Even beyond the voice of man and the voice of the letter, of the the sound of the letter, enable us to hear the voice of the Spirit, the heart cry of the Father. And the passion and the zeal of the elder brother for his church. To that that end, I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of today's word. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All scripture is God breathed. But what does scripture talk about? It says in John's Gospel chapter 5 in the NIV, you study the scripture diligently, but that is one one of the things that we need to do. Study the scripture diligently. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. They testify about God. That is testify about Jesus. Yet you refuse to come to me. That you may have life. You see, it says, you study the scriptures diligently. Because in them, you think that you have eternal life. Uh, These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. The whole purpose of the study of the scriptures, hopefully diligently, is to search the scriptures and to find the testimony of Jesus Christ. That is him. And then after we find the testimony of Jesus Christ, that we run, run to him and find what? Life. This is essentially the process of learning the word of God. We just don't read the word of God because our word is not like Quran. Okay. The Quran says, I mean, the Muslims say that that their Quran is the infallible word of the eternal tablets of stone. It is engraved in the eternal tablets of stone there. And not even a yacht or a tittle has been changed. That's what they say. But unfortunately, it's all been changed. And they don't know. But the point, the point, the, the reason why it has not, because the, the reason why they don't have the hope is because they don't have a person who inspires the word. We have a God who does not change. And the scriptures talk about that God who do, do not, does not change. The word which became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Okay. Now we also have the infallible word, but it's not the text. It's not the letter. It is the person. Amen. And therefore he says, come to me. Matthew chapter 11, verse 
28. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come. Come to me. Why? Why should we come to him? Romans chapter 3. It says when you study the scriptures everything about the scriptures testify about God. It says in verse 21, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. You see? The law and the prophets. Okay. And that's exactly what the disciples, when they found Jesus, that is a testimony that they had. In John's gospel chapter 1, this is what Philip tells Nathaniel. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, who? Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. You see, we found him. He's the Messiah. Our search is over. Okay. And Nathanael said, can anything could come out of Nazareth? And you know what he said? Don't have to believe me. The words that I speak, come in. See? That's the infallible word. The person of Jesus Christ. One of the, my favorite verses in, in the Bible is found in First Peter chapter 1. It's verse 20, 12 onwards. To them it was revealed. This is talking about the, pro, the prophets of old who, who inspired, who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Not to themselves, but to us. They were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which the angels desire to look into. You remember the mercy seat you have, two angels face to face with each other and trying to look into what is happening there. The tabernacle, tabernacle stands for Jesus Christ and looking at the mystery. But those people in the old covenant who tried to look into the holy place, I mean, into the tabernacle, what happened to them? They died. They died. So, so what is what does it what does it tell me? You know, it tells me this. You know, when we read the Bible, okay, even the New Covenant and New Testament and the Old Testament, everything you have you have the story of Jesus writ in the in the in the in the in the, in the pages of Scripture. Everything points to Jesus. All of it in the Old Testament was a shadow, and the substance is Jesus Christ. A lot of people get. I told you, you know, we have the picture of our. You now the parents give you a. Those days, at least in those days when there was no Instagram and uh, and all this Insta messenger, the bridegroom's photo used to be given to the bride. And was Tadu Naraju? Raju, okay. So they look at the bridegroom and you know he says, This bridegroom of yours, highly educated, lives in the United States, and he has fallen in love with you. And he's come to marry, he's coming to marry you, a fantastic guy. All the good qualities that you're looking for is in this person. And he gives you the photo. And one day, uh, the bride, the bridegroom gives a surprise to the, to the bride's family and he comes at least 15 days in advance. And this girl is, you know, is, she's in La La Land, she's looking at the picture of the bridegroom. And she's engrossed. And this person comes and, taps her on the back and she says, don't disturb me. <laughs> I'm having a great time with my bridegroom-to-be. 
He taps on the back. Don't disturb me, she said. That's exactly how many people are. Many people are. The bridegroom is already here. The substance is already here. We are still looking at the what? At the shadow. Okay. So when we read the Bible, we don't look in those eyes. We look it in the eyes, through the eyes of the old, of the new covenant. As one man of God said, the Old Testament is a New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And what is the revelation? It is a mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel which is hidden from ages. It was, it was, it, uh, the word in, in Greek is apocalypto, which means was, was hidden and now it has been revealed. You know, like, you know, where many people, uh, when they, uh, they serve on the table, no, they put a lid on, on top of it so that the aroma doesn't go out. Okay. So what are, what are you expecting for today's, uh, lunch or dinner when you invite people? We just put the thing on the, then uh, when you, you just, when you just lift up the lid and you say, wow, fish curry and what have you, what have you. It's like that, no? God has revealed Jesus that heavenly bread, the tasty heavenly bread. Today we want to look at one such passage in the New Testament and unpack it in the Old Covenant. New Testament, unpack it in the Old Covenant that everything points to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 6, let us look at that particular passage, Hebrews chapter 6. Very dangerous chapter to read. Okay, but I'm not going to look at the dangerous verses today. Verse 18 onwards. That were two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge. Got that? Fled for refuge. You seen that? Underlined in your Bibles. Fled for refuge. If you have a Bible. To lay hold of the hope that is set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which endures, which enters the presence behind the veil. Where we have a forerunner, where the forerunner has entered, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of what? Melchizedek. Now, we have several things over there, but I just want to look at this one particular word. Fled for refuge. By the way, it's one word in the Greek, which is rendered in English as fled for refuge. Fled for refuge. Where should we flee for refuge this morning? Who should flee for that refuge? What is this place? It's a question that we need to ask. Joshua chapter 20, and we will look at what this place is. We'll look at the whole chapter and Try to draw out some lessons this morning. Joshua chapter 20 and reading from verses 1 onwards. Then Joshua, then the Lord said to Joshua, tell the Israelites to designate the cities of what? Refuge. You see that? As I instructed you through Moses so that anyone who kills a person accidentally and unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the who? From the avenger of blood. When they flee to the one of these cities, they are to stand in the entrance of the city gate and state their case before the elders of the city. Wow. Then the elders are to admit the fugitive into their city and provide a place for them to live among them. If the avenger of blood comes and pursue, the elders must not surrender the fugitive. Oh, the elders should not surrender the fugitive. Because the fugitive killed their neighbor unintentionally and without malice, a forethought. 
They are to stay in the city until they have stood trial before the assembly and until the death of the high priest. Wow, that is interesting. Who is serving at that time. Then they may go back to their own home in the town from which they fled. The point is therefore, you have this story. um, I mean, this is a case where a person accidentally kills somebody. Okay. For some reason, it's what we call in uh, in uh, in legal terms, I think it's called manslaughter. It's not murder. It's called manslaughter. Like, for example, you uh, accidentally kill somebody on the main road when you when you uh, because of an accident he dies. And you because you killed, uh, just because uh, you did not uh, intend the murder, it was not premeditated. What you can do if you realize that by accident. You killed this, this particular uh, brother or sister. By accident you did it. And you realized what you have to do is you have to flee. You can't stay there. If you don't flee to the, to the city of refuge, there is an immediate kin, the brother or the father or the immediate kin who, who, whom we call the kinsman redeemer. He's got every right to avenge the blood of the person whom you have killed. Now just imagine, I mean, and this, uh, this is what Spurgeon gives a beautiful il- illustration. Just imagine a guy who's, who's like, you know, he's, he's in the field and, uh, he's, he's like, or he's playing with, you know, uh, stones, no? I, I remember when I was coming one day from IIIT, I, I had a, it was a brand new car that I bought. It was like five months or three months, four months old. I was driving down from IIIT towards, uh, uh, Gachiboli, I mean, uh, the main road, the, towards Tolichoki. Very fast and, and there's a kind of a small intersection over there. And I found, I found this lady on the, on the footpath, okay? Not the footpath, the divider, right? The divider is almost very broad, right? And this lady or, she was really mad at somebody. What she was doing was taking stones and throwing it at that person, not even thinking about the traffic. And I was going very fast and I was looking at this lady. And she aimed straight at my car. Okay. <laughs> it's a straight at my car. Thankfully, it just hit, did not hit my windshield or the other thing. It just uh, hit my, uh, hit my, the side, side of the car and just gave a small dent. Then I said, lady, you could have killed me. Okay. Intentionally or unintentionally, you would have killed me. Something like that. I mean, just giving you an example. So this guy, let's imagine, now this guy dies on the road and this one, you know what happens, right? When the, when the, when you see accidents on the road, the driver, you know what he does? He flees, he abandons the car and he runs for his life. Most of the time it happens. Am I right, uh, uh, crime reporter? Yeah, exactly, you know. You have to search for him. So, just imagine this guy over here. This guy murders or killed somebody accidentally and he realizes, Hey Baba, kya ho gaya? And his brother is also working in the field now. He looks at, what did you do to my brother? Aray, the name Chaledra. Aray, this is not intentional and you start running for your life. And run, run, run. You're running for your life. And this fellow, because he wants to catch you, he calls for a horse. And you don't have a horse. And he is hot in pursuit. You know what it says? The Bible says, the city of refuge has to be accessible. It has to be very close. And the road to the city of refuge has to be very clean. Every year they have to maintain the road to the city of refuge. So that the person who accidentally kills the person can flee to the city of refuge. 
And you know what? Also is mentioned in the details. You can see that in Numbers chapter 35, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 19, and Joshua chapter 20. Three, uh, three passages on the, of the city of refuge. You know what it says? The Levites are supposed to put 2,000 yards at the edge of the town. 2,000 yards. Okay? They have to prepare as, as, as suburbs. So, this is a city of refuge. You have to get into the city, but the suburbs have to be extended so that the guy, even if he comes and touches the suburb, the avenger of blood cannot touch him. So that is how accessible the city of refuge has to be to the person who's fleeing, who killed somebody accidentally. Now the point therefore is, who is this avenger of blood? I, I remember, <laughs> if you read the Pilgrim's Progress, right? <laughs> Beautiful. So Christian is, he finishes his battle with Apollyon. And he's going further and then he sees uh, Faithful there. Faithful is running. And he says, hey, wait for me. And you know what Faithful says? Don't stop me. The avenger of blood is behind me. Where is he running? Where is he running? The city of refuge. So the point therefore is, who is the avenger of blood? Who says, this fellow deserves to die even though he unintentionally what? Killed that person. Okay, let us see who that avenger of blood is. It says, this is Romans chapter 3, by the way, I didn't put it. Romans chapter 3 verse 19 onwards. Romans chapter 3, let me just put it, okay, so that you know, this is Romans chapter 3. Okay, it says, This is Romans chapter 3. Alright, there you go. Romans chapter 3 verse 19 onwards. We know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. Okay? That every mouth may be stopped. Every mouth may be stopped. Now look at the wordings over here. You should understand that the New Testament writers were completely saturated by the law. And in the law, they saw Christ. So when they, even when they were penning words, they were literally penning the New Test, the Old Testament thoughts. Look at what it says. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that what? Every mouth may be stopped. And the, all the world may become what? What? Guilty. You know what the word for guilty is? It is only used once in the entire New Testament. The one word, hyperdokino, if I'm right, which means under the avenger. Under the avenger. Only once. Under the avenger. You become guilty before who? Before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no one will be justified in his side, for by the law comes the what? The knowledge of sin. So in other words, <laughs> who is the who is the avenger of blood? The law. What does the law say? Unintentionally I did it. Doesn't matter. You still are guilty of breaking the law. For example, you say there is no gravity. I don't believe in the existence of gravity. And to prove this point, I'm going to jump from the window and I'm going to fly. What is going to happen? You will not prove that there is no existence of gravity. You will actually prove through your fall, gravity exists. 
Oh man, I didn't know. That's what, you know, we have to teach the children, no? They're forever falling. For them, they're always in the sky. They have to learn the hard way. There's gravity. If they fall, if they fall, they'll get hurt. Right? right. I remember when Abigail was about six months old. We put her on the bed. She was just slipping those days. And we were very intensely discussing in the kitchen. Three, two, one, thup. What happened? Abigail fell. But she doesn't, she does not know that gravity does not exist. Can gravity be merciful? No. Or a small child, let me just push it like that. No, it's not gonna happen. You know? And the next time I put Abigail, you know, we don't learn as parents sometimes, no? We just put, I, I put Emmanuel like that in the, in the, in the, we had a basket those days. Okay, and just near the edge of the, uh, of the sofa, and I was just tying my lace. And I didn't see the, the cradle, whatever it is, the crib, no? I didn't see it. I was tying my lace. Dub! Twice. My wife said, oh, what happened to my baby? No. So we cry. They, babies cry. We cannot tell the baby, Baba. There is gravity. You will fall. We cannot also tell gravity, gravity, can you have mercy? No. You see, the law, the law is the avenger and he's running after your life. We all, what? Now we know that whatever the law says, it has, it is, it says to those who are under the law, so that what? Every mouth may be what? Stopped and the whole world be guilty before God for by the deeds of the law no man is justified before God. Everybody is under the, you have to flee from the who? From the avenger of blood. He's after you. Look at what John the Baptist has to say. Look at what John the Baptist has to say. Okay, Matthew chapter 3. We know this verse very well. Matthew chapter 3. Notice, notice the wordings that he uses. Okay. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to the baptism, to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, what? Who has warned you to flee from the Wrath to come. There is a wrath which is coming and you have to flee from it. Baba, run from the avenger of blood. You broke the law. You are the Sadducees. You think you are Sadducees and you are Pharisees and you think that you kept the law. No, no. The avenger of blood is after you. Okay. And when you look at Pharisees and Sadducees, you think that they are normal people? No. Look at what one of the Pharisees has to say about himself. The Pharisee of all the Pharisees. The benchmark Pharisee. Okay. The benchmark Pharisee. Philippians chapter 3. This is Paul. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, uh, Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church concerning the righteousness of the law. Blameless? Shucks. And you know what he has to say when he understands the law? Look at what he says in Romans chapter 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known what covetousness is unless the law said, Thou shalt not covet. And you know what it says? Next verse. But sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of sin. For apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, you know what the meaning of commandment 
come means what is commandment coming. Ardhamayindi. Bal belgindi. That's what it means. Okay. You know when uh, Isaiah said, Woe are you? Woe are you? Woe are you? Woe are you? Then he went to the temple. And he looked at the holiness of God. And you know what he said? Woe is me. What happened? The commandment came. That is what Hare, I understood. No. That's what Job said. I am absolutely righteous. And then he saw God and what happened? Commandment came. <laughs> he understood the requirements of the Lord. He says, for apart from the law, sin was dead. I was once without the law alive. But when the commandment came, sin revived. I died and verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am who shall save me or deliver me from this body of death. So where did he, where did he run? He ran, he ran to Calvary, right? You know, there was a, his name is William R. Neville. Neville, okay? His name is Neville. He wrote a song at Calvary. You know, how many of you know this song? At Calvary. Look at what it's, one of the stanzas of the, of the, one of my favorite songs. By God's word, at last, my sin, I learned. Then what happened? Then I trembled at the law I spurned. <laughs> okay. Till my guilty soul imploring turned, what? To Calvary. You see? To Calvary. You see, when you understand the word of God, you study the word of God, you study every word, you know what happens, you will realize how sinful we are. Today, some commandments will come home to you. Okay, very, very nicely, they will come home to you. The problem is this, no? It says, what did you do to that fellow? Unintentionally you killed. Right? What happened to those fellows who are intentionally killing? How many of you sinned intentionally in this church? Oh, the rest are all unintentional sinners. Why are you half? Okay. How many of you intentionally, knowingly, deliberately, premeditatedly sinned? Ah. What about you then? What hope for you? What hope for you, my dear brothers? Let us see what hope there is. By God's word, God's word, at last my sin. You know why we teach the word of God? So that you will learn what? Your sin. Exactly. <laughs> you will learn what is sin. You will learn the righteous requirements of God. You will learn it. No, 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 no. You will come, it'll, it'll come to you. It'll come home to you. And then what happens next? You will tremble at the law. And that's exactly what happens to faithful. He is, what is he doing? He is running for his life. He's fleeing. He's fleeing. Actually, you know what? Uh, in fact, he tells in that story, he says, you know what? Who was behind me? Moses was behind me. <laughs> and Moses, Moses comes and gives him three, four wax. Okay. And then he cries out, Lord, help me. And then Jesus comes and saves him from Moses. <laughs> Beautiful, actually. John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Okay. They, they told him, no? If you don't bring me out of prison, I will dream. You know, he threatened the establishment. If you don't bring me out of prison, I will dream. And if I have dream, you'll get prison progress. Finished. Over. Okay. Till my guilty soul. Imploring turn to Calvary. So what, what is the city of refuge? So what should we do? He has to run to the city of refuge. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 20. So they appointed... Kedesh in Galilee, 
in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, Kiriat Arba, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah. Notice all are where? On the mountains. Okay. Flee to the mountains. I look up to the hills when, from whence comes my help. It is not, it is not just mountain. It is mountains. Notice that. Okay. Today we'll look at what mountains means. Okay. And on the other side of Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bethsar in the wilderness of plain, on the plain. Okay, so this is plain on the other side because those fellows are on the other side of Jordan. They are they'll easily more easily fall into sin. So there are plains there and mountains on the side. Okay, we'll come to that later on. Bethsar in the wilderness of on the plain from the tribe for the from the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad and Golan in Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. What is this? These are all the cities of refuge. But you know what does what does the Bible say? We have also fleed to the place in the holies, our place of refuge. Who's our place of refuge? Let us see. Let us see. As I said, you should see Jesus everywhere, right? Look at what it says. These are the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner, both. Anybody from the children of Israel, sojourner also is there. That whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. The point is, whom did we kill? We killed him. We killed him, the holy one of Israel. So what does Kadesh mean? Holy. What does Shechem mean? Shoulder. What does Hebron mean? Fellowship. What does Besed mean? A fortress. What does Ramoth mean? Heights. What does Golan mean? Joy. Look at the Bible over here. How beautiful it is. God sent his holy one. Holy one and the righteous one. So that if you believe in him and you rest on him, what can you have? You can have fellowship with the father. And those who rest on him, he is a mighty fortress to them. Because they are all seated in the heights and they have what? Everlasting joy. That is that is essentially the gospel. So let us see what is the, what the word holy one means. Holy one means Kadesh means holy one. Look at what it says in Acts chapter three. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified His servant Jesus, whom you have delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he was determined to let him go. He was determined. Who Pilate was determined to let him go. But you, what did you do? You denied the. Holy one and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and you what killed the prince of life you killed. So the avenger of blood is after you. You kill the holy one. You kill the holy one. You know there's a, a hymn called um, at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light. One of the stanzas says well might the sun in darkness hide. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut its glories in. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut its glories in when Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin. You know what it says? What the, how the hymn writer is saying? When the holy one and the righteous one, the creator of the whole universe, when he was dying on the cross, the entire creation, even the inanimate objects like the sun and the moon, they said, you know what? We cannot see this injustice happening to our creator. So what will we do? We will hide ourselves because our maker is dying in the hands of injustice. 
And that's what, that's, that's what the hymn writer says, you know, he says, Well, might the sun in darkness hide and shut its glories in when the Christ, the mighty maker, died. For man, the creature's sin. And then you know what the hymn writer says? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, my, the burdens of my heart were rolled away. For there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. You killed the princess. Prince of life. Who is a prince? What does a prince word prince mean? He is the author of life. He is the author. He is the author of life and you killed him. You killed him. The holy one. Then what's the next word? Shechem. So what is Matthew chapter 11? We know this, right? Come to me. All you who, what? Labor and are heavy laden. You're having guilt because what you have done to God? Come to me. You didn't, you do not know it. That's what Paul tells to Timothy. He says, you know what? I did it because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief and I obtained mercy from God. I did it ignorantly and I did it in unbelief so I obtained mercy from God. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find what? Rest to your souls. It's amazing, no? The gospel is very simple. You are under the heavy load of guilt in your life. Come to him. Come to him. And confess your sins. You know what will happen? He will give you what? Rest. He will give you rest. Very straightforward. Come to him. Many of the, many of, many people who come to church, they still haven't been born again. Because they, they still really haven't come to him. So if there is anybody who is sitting here and you are really under the burden of guilt, you are burdened by sin. Burdened by sin. Himrider says, no, long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused the, king, the quickening ray. I woke the dungeon filled with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth and followed thee. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? He died for you on Calvary. So that you could have rest. Come to him this morning. Come to him and say, Lord, this is what I did. Ignorantly. Many of the things. Ignorantly. This is what I did. Lord, take me. Forgive me. And he will take away. The burden from off your shoulder, it's very simple, straightforward, but so many of us don't really take it to heart. We still haven't come to him. We still want to do things. We still want to earn our salvation. We are like that person, no? The, 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 uh, the prodigal son. He says, I want to become one of, one, like one of your what? Hired servants. Why does he want to become like one of the hired servants? So that he can work and pay for his salvation. Look, look, look at the pride of this guy. I don't want anything free, Father. I will earn and I will pay for installments. I will pay off your debt. Make like, make me like one of your hired servants. You know what there's a saying in Telugu? Chinta chachina, pulpu chawal. The tamarind has dead, but is dead, but the, the citrus nature of tamarind is not dead. That fellow has absolutely come to the rock bottom and still having fright. Okay, I will not become a burden to my father. I will earn and I will give back what can you give back? You know what you can give back? Only interest. The principal will still be there for the rest of your life. That's what happens. So that's what happens to many people when they buy apartments and uh, property on, on what we call as mortgage. 
for the rest of their lives, what are they paying? Interest. And you go to the bank, how much of my loan has been uh, written off? Sir, till now you have paid only 75% of your interest, another 20 years uh, you will finish your interest, and then when am I going to say, pay off the principal? Oh, we don't know, sir. When people buy apartments for 30 lakh rupees, by the time they finish their mortgage, they would have paid almost like 60 lakh rupees on the property. What, what are we paying? Interest. What can you pay back to God? <laughs> what can I give back to God? Can I, the whole sacrifices in this universe, can I appease God with the sacrifices? Impossible. Impossible. All you will be paying is interest. That is the reason why the blood of bulls and goats cannot buy your salvation. You know why? It's a debt which cannot be written off. What you did against God. Impossible. The rest of your life, <laughs> you'll only be signing the contract, not even paying the interest. Only signing. Tomorrow I will pay, tomorrow I will pay, tomorrow I will pay, that tomorrow never comes. What is happening? It is only, the interest is only increasing. You know, that is the reason why who people, the people who started the compound interest, you know who started the compound interest? Jewish people. They got it from God. <laughs> I, I am the person who invented the principle of compound interest. Because I am going to compound the interest on your sin so that you will have no other way to escape from the sin except the cross. Except the cross. What can you pay back? So therefore he says, he says, come to me. How many of you are indebted? If you know what it is to be under debt, you'll know what it is. No? When you pay off your debts, you take freedom. No? To, to get up in the morning. To get up in the morning to know that even your brew that you drink, coffee that you drink, if you are in, in debt, that can be taken away from you. Okay. So that is the reason why, if you are poor and if you are not in debt, you are rich. You are rich, my dear brothers. That is the reason why the cry of many people in the church is, get me out of debt, get me out of debt, get me out of debt. What are they paying? Interest. <laughs> Only interest. That is what we call as a serpent's bite. The bite of the serpent. What is it? Interest. Usury. The whole world lies on usury. So he says, come to me, Baba. Your money, your bank account, that is the reason why he says, who can ransom a man's soul? Who can ransom? The price of his redemption is something which cannot be cancelled off. Somebody said, you know, what, what is salvation? Salvation, they, somebody said, is when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. That is salvation. When unstoppable wrath of God, when the unstoppable wrath of God is cancelled off by the immovable mercy of God on the cross. And what happens? You and I are saved. Unstoppable force. Immovable object. Understand that. Shechem is a place where you come and say, Lord, take my interest and pay it off, Lord. And pay what? What interest? I'm going to credit into your account. What? What is righteousness? The righteousness of what? Of Christ, that means the entire bank balance of heaven is in your account. Infinity minus uh, 20? Infinity. Infinity minus 1 million? Infinity. Infinity minus 1 billion? Infin that is the reason why it is infinity. Ramanujan didn't know infinity. Only God knows infinity. 
Because he took the infinite punishment of God upon himself. It was God who was crucified on cross. It was God who was cancelling out the wrath of God on the cross and taking away the burden of your sin. Shechem is a city of refuge, my dear brothers and sisters, fulfilled by the, in the Messiah. So that you, ought, you, can, you, you and I can, can have what? Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God, 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested. What life? Eternal life, meaning eternal bank balance. It will never go out. What is eternal life? If you live for 90, let's say 80 years, not 90 years, 80 years, hopefully, 3 score plus... 10? If by reason of strength, 10 more. 4 score years. 8 years. What is happening every day when you live? One, one, one day is getting cancelled from your account. But what is eternity? No cancellation. No cancellation at all. Okay. And declare to you that eternal life which was in, with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have what? Fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So you can come today, this morning. Just confess your sins, no. Why will you not confess your sins? If this is available, so salvation is very free. It's very easy. It has to be very accessible. Let, 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 we'll come to that later on. So what is Hebron? It's fellowship. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for the for sins. The just for the unjust so that, so that He might... Bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. That is Hebron. You can have fellowship with God. And the third city is, or fourth city is called the city of, it's called fortress. What is it? It's a fortress. Now, once, once you are inside the city and it's a fortress, nobody can touch you. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see? You know what, what, what it says in the city of refuge? As long as a guy is within the city of refuge, nobody can touch him. The moment he goes out even accidentally from the city of refuge, like uh, who? Shimei. <laughs> Finished. His blood will be upon his own head. So as long as you are in Christ, no condemnation. What happens? Psalm, Psalm 18. It says, Psalm 18, we love you, O Lord. Uh, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. My Deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. In this case, the law is my enemy. It's not your friend. The law is not your friend. So Bezer means fortress where God fortifies you in Christ so that the enemy cannot touch you. And therefore, when Balak is trying to, Balaam is trying to curse uh, J- J- Jacob, what does he say? I don't see any iniquity in jo- Jacob. There is no divination against Israel. No divination. No divination is possible against, no curse, no divination is possible against Israel. He's a fortress for us. The last one. He's what? Sorry, fifth one. Sixth one. Rather, fifth one. Ramoth means heights. It is just not what? Height. It is Heights. You know what that heights means? Height. Height in uh, uh, in whenever you see the Hebrew, it is very tall. You know what they say? It is tall, tall. It is very high. You know what they say? It is high, high. You know what Jesus did to us? He placed us 
Very high. Where? Ah, exactly. Ephesians chapter 1. And what is the exceeding greatness power, greatness of his power to us, to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand. Where? In the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And it says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us together, with, by, uh, to, together with Christ Jesus, by grace you are saved, and hath raised up together and made us sit together. Where? In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus, far above every principality, far above every condemnation, far above every word that the enemy can throw at you. Where are you? Right there, up on the top of the mountain. Heights. <laughs> that is Ramoth. Rama means height. Ramoth means Rama is not our Rama. Our Rama is sleeping. That is the reason why we say, no? Kausalya, Supraja, Rama Sandhya, Purva, Pravardhate. What does it mean? Oh, son of Kausalya, Rama, Sandhya Purva, the morning is come. Please get up and do your morning, morning ablutions. Uthishthana Rasar Dhula, Kartavyam Daivamanikam, everybody is waiting for you. Please get up from your sleep. But our God, where ours, I look up to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, who the, the maker of heaven and the earth. My Lord does not sleep, nor slumber. And even when he came, as in the flesh, morning by morning, he awakened. Not to finish his ablutions, but to minister to God. Kartavyam daiva manikam. You are a daiva. <laughs> and this is your kartavyam. Who is reminding kartavyam? Kartavyam. The praja is reminding the, the raja of his kartavyam. The people are reminding the king of his responsibility. Sri Venkata Chalapati Savasurubhatam. Why? Because Venkata Chalapati is always in the sleep mode like this. Sorry, all my Hindu brothers, but uh, I have to tell you like that. That in ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his kindness towards us. Where is he? He's seated in the heavenlies. What did he do? He took us and he placed us there in the heavenly places. And he said, sit down with me now. Who can touch you? Which principality, which power of darkness can touch you today? Ramoth. Ramoth. Rama, Ramoth. Rama is the singular, Ramoth is plural. Because of this, Golan, you have what? Rejoicing. Romans chapter 5. For if we, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, we also rejoice in God. Why? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have what? The reconciliation, redemption, atonement. Rejoice in God. And therefore, you know what Paul says? What does he say? Ah! But we'll, before we look at rejoicing, how do we get that rejoicing? Luke's Gospel chapter 19. No. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. 
One guy was on one height. <laughs> first of all, he brought him down first. Come here, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come here. Okay. I have to come and what? Dwell in your house. Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down for today. I might stay in your house. And he made haste and came down. And he received him what? What? Joyfully. Did you see that? Joyfully. And when they saw it, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look Lord, half my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, what will I do? I will restore fourfold. Now just before, before previous chapter, Luke's gospel chapter 18, the disciple says, when they look, look, the, look at the rich young ruler, who then can be saved? You know what Jesus says? What is impossible with man is possible with God. That's exactly what happened here. And Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. And you know what? Rejoicing. When the Levite was asked to, by, who was Matthew the Levite? Levi, come and follow me. What did he do? He immediately left everything and he followed him and he did, did what? He give a, gave a huge feast and everybody was having a gala time. Joy! Rejoicing! Rejoicing, my dear brothers! You should be feasting in our home. That's exactly what happens, right? When the, when the, when the prodigal returns home, let there be rejoicing. Let there be singing. When one sinner repents, you know what people, one, somebody was, one, one man of God saying, when the gospel is being preached, the angels are on their edge on title like this. Are if this fellow repents, we'll jump for joy. They are literally on the edge. When is he going to repent? When is he going to repent? And if he repents, my goodness. He is going to jump and there's going to be celebration in heaven. Once in a while. What is going to happen? Here people who see those people who are repenting will join the heavenly hosts in the celebration. They are rejoicing. Why? Because you are where? In Christ. You know what therefore Peter says or Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 4? Rejoice where? In the Lord. How many times? Always. Just in case you forgot. And again I say rejoice. Just in case you forgot. Rejoice in the Lord. You see? You come to him because he is the holy one who died for you. He was killed for you. You killed him actually. But if you come to him, you will find rest for your souls. And because you have rest for your souls, you have fellowship with God. And because, and what, why the, the reason why you have fellowship with God? Because he becomes a fortress for you. There's no condemnation against you. He's made you sit together with heavenlies, in the, in the heavenlies in, with Christ Jesus. And because of that, what do you have? You have a life of rejoicing. Not happiness. Rejoicing. Righteousness, peace and joy. In this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the word. Okay. All this is for the person who accidentally killed. No. But what about us who deliberately sinned? Is there hope for me? If there is hope for me, why should there be a hope for me? Let's read. And this is the case of the manslayer who flees there that he may live. What is the case? Whoever kills his neighbor unintentionally, not being hated, not having hated him in time past. And as when a man goes to the woods and his neighbor to cut timber and his axe swings a stroke with the axe to cut down the tree and the head slips from the handle and strikes his neighbor so that he dies. He shall flee to one of the cities that he may live. You know, this is talking about actually us preachers, basically. So many times what do preachers do? 
They are swinging the axe. And because of that, what is happening? The axe is coming and hitting people and they are dying. That's what in Ezekiel, son of man, I made you a what? A watchman. What are you supposed to do? You have to hear from me and swing the axe. So that you lay the axe where? Uh, at the root, not at the head. So what, what do people do? They swing the axe. Oh, Jesus is a loving savior. He will forgive any kind of a sin. Fantastic. All, is, all that is true. Okay. He is, you are his, his righteousness forever. Present sin, past sin, future sin, forever sin. You don't have to ask for repentance. He, you, once you have come to Jesus, everything is honky-dory. What are they doing? Swinging the axe and hitting the people. There are other kinds of believers, preachers. You know what they will do? They will only talk about the sternness of God. Sinners! Under the wrath of God, repent! You are going to die. Oh my goodness, where is the hope for that fellow? What is he doing? He is also singing. One people, one person only specializes in the goodness of God. The other person specializes in the, in the severity of God. Where is the person in the middle? What are you doing? Swinging the axe. You know what God, Paul says? I preach to you the whole counsel of God. I don't have anybody's blood on my hands. The avenger of blood is not after me. But even if, even if he's after me, my hands are clean. Okay, but let's move on. Lest the avenger of blood, while his anger is hot, pursues the manslayer and overtake him. Because the way is long. So where should the city of refuge be? Very close. Very, very, very close. You should not be very far. In other words, he should have the sufficient strength to overtake the horse. Ante. He knew his guilt. That fellow, by the time he is on the horse, this fellow is in the city of refuge. Because otherwise what will happen? The horse will overtake him. So that means what? It has to be very close. Romans chapter 10. We know this verse very well. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from heaven. Who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. Not very far. It's near you. Very near. What do you have to do? You have to what? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's all. And what will happen to you? You will be. For all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be what? Will be saved and they will not be put to shame. The city of refuge is very close. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay. Understand? It's very close. So this morning if you are very simple, just confess. He who hides his sin will not prosper. But if he confesses and forsakes it, you will obtain what? Mercy. But the point is not that today, no? Today I want to look at something very more serious. This is unintentional. What about you and I who have done intentional sins? Look at what it says. But if anyone hates his brother, lies in wait for him, rises against him, strikes him mortally, so that he dies. And what does he do? He flees 
to one of these cities. Then the elders of the city shall send and bring him from there and deliver him over to the avenger of the blood that he may die. Your eyes shall not pity him. You have to put him to death. Why? Because he has intentionally committed that sin. Intentional. So let us let the commandment come home. Let us give you some examples of intentional sin. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 21. This is very, very close to my heart because I see myself here. If a man have a stubborn and a rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, what shall the father do? Then the shall, then shall the, his father and his mother lay hold on him, bring him out into the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place and they shall say to the elders of the city, this son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall what? Stone him. My goodness. You know, how many of you have stubborn and rebellious children here in the house of the Lord? Stubborn and rebellious? I remember the first time I heard the gospel, no? I told you so many times. Some people, they, they need kind words to get, enter into the kingdom. Some people need a shock, knock on their heads to enter into the kingdom. I was the one of that kind. There was a preacher who came to me like this, you know, if you were in the youth camp. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. And if you dishonor father and mother, if you honor, you will live long. But if you dishonor, what will happen to you? And she was looking at us, and especially she was looking at me like this. No, I'm looking at Anna. Brunda, not you, not you, okay? She's looking at me and she said, uh, some of you are rebels at home. By this time you should have died, but God is extending mercy. You know what it's, what is called? Commandment came. And, and as I, I, for that, for that moment, you know, in the, in movies, sometimes, you know, what happens as fellow is concentrating, and when he's concentrating, when he's concentrating, the movie shows the intensity of his concentration, and what happens when he's intensely concentrating, the next frame of that movie makes all the other characters disappear, or freeze. So that, uh, yeah, the foreground, and you know, the foregrounding and backgrounding, the whole focus of the entire meeting was upon me that day. Stubborn and rebellious. I'm telling you that day, you know, I was weeping like crazy. I've never ever heard somebody confronting me. You know something? The gospel is pointed. It will come and tell you exactly what your compromise is. It will not, you know, somebody, preachers don't just preach to themselves, they preach to you. You know what Peter Peter said on the day of Pentecost? This Jesus whom you crucified. I mean, there's, we like generalities. Let us just put everybody in one bracket. No, 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 no. God is not very general. He is very, very specific. He will come and tell you, this is the problem, brother. And all the men of the city shall stone him. Okay? Commandment has come home, hopefully, for many people. What hope do I have? What hope do I have if I run to that city of refuge? Any hope? Any hope today? 
if you run to the city of refuge in the old covenant? Any hope for you? You intentionally murdered somebody and you know what the blood is crying out for? Vengeance. Any hope for you today? Let us look at another commandment. Deuteronomy chapter 22. Verse 22. 22, 22. Very easy to remember. 21, 21, 22, 22. 21, 22 and rebellious son. 22, 22, adulterous son. If a man is found lying with a woman married to a husband, then what? Both of them, of them shall die. The man that lay with the woman and the woman so that they shall be put to death. Is it unintentional? No, 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 very intentional. Adultery is not unintentional, by the way. It's very, very well planned. You planned it. Somebody, I think Zach Poonan said somebody, you know, like said something. Let's just imagine a guy, he is is into an adulterous relationship with a woman. Okay. Now they have crossed the boundaries and today is the night they're going to lie with each other. He is going on the scooter. Do you think God is going to stop him? No. Do you think he's going to be meet, he's going to meet with an accident and he's going to die? No. Do you think David is going to escape? God is going to stay his hand and say, David, cover your eyes. Don't look at that woman like that, please. You see, adultery is premeditated. You might have been, been introduced to pornography accidentally, but after a while, every time you watch is intentional. You know that? <laughs> Don't tell me it is all, no, 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 no. Unintentionally I'm watching porn. No, no. Very intentional. You planned out also exactly when to watch. How to watch? How to keep your computer in what angle so that some, nobody can see you? How to lock your device? You might give your lock to everybody, but there's one app which is always locked. And for that, you only, you only you have the password. What is that? Intentional, isn't it not? You know what should, what should we do to that, to that person? It says, the Bible says he should be what? Stoned. What hope for us? What hope? If I run to the city of refuge, will the law save me? Will the law save me? You know, that's the reason why David understood this. When Nathan came and confronted, he said, you are that man. You know what David said? Lord, take away the blood guiltiness from my heart, Lord. Lord, take it away. I know it. Against you and you only have I sinned. And I precisely knew what I was doing. I asked, who is this person? Somebody came and told me, is not that Beersheba the wife of Uriah? Oh, what should I have done? My goodness, my loyal servant's son, my wife. Sorry, I don't even want to look at her. (laughs) But you know exactly what you were doing. You know exactly what you were doing. You planned it out. As to how you would murder Uriah. You planned it out. Now what hope for David? 
I mean, the problem is, which city of refuge could David run to? Which city? But tell me, my dear brothers and sisters, where do we have hope for an intentional sinner like me? Intentionally, so much, so many of us copy an exam, right? Intentional. Don't tell me. You could work hard. No. You know, 3G scam, 4G scam? Remember 3G scam, 4G scam? The previous government was, was uh, guilty of 3G scam and 4G scam. The problem is, 3G scam, 4G scam is just not in the government. It is there in students also. I was an invigilator in our exam in IIIT. It was a multiple choice exam with several options. One of our students, smartphone with those days 3G network. And what, she, what was she doing? 3G scam. You think it was not, it was accidental? <laughs> no, 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 don't tell me. No, 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 no. You know what, what, what does, what do we say in our exam? When you are coming to the exam, you have to keep your mobile phones off at that place. Don't carry your smartphones to the examination. The invigilator says, you go and sit there with nothing except your piece of pen, your pencil and a, and a, and a, and a rough sheet of paper which we give you. That's it. Nothing else. Oh my goodness. How she was. She was cheating. My goodness, I should have learned from her, basically. Boy. Oh, sir, can I go for a toilet break? No, for women, where will you stop? It's toilet break. We can't go with her. They will do song and dance before you. Sir, can I go to song of toilet break? Okay, madam, go. Don't tell me it is unintentional. Planned. Deliberate. Now think about it. How many of us have planned our sin? If it's called a sketch in, in, in Telugu, it's called sketch. Sketch vesi, plan vesi, moderation. It's a perfect plan. Intentional murder. No, when the woman was caught in adultery, look at what it says. Now John's Gospel chapter 8, we'll, we excuse the woman. I understand that, but was it unintentional? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Where is the refuge? Can she run to the city of refuge, my dear teacher? What is your answer? What is your answer? You are the righteous one, right? The law says you have to stone her. She's guilty. She's caught in the act. And you murdered somebody. What is happening? Genesis chapter 4. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your Abel, where is Abel your brother? Where is he? You know what it says? He said, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out. What is it crying out for? Vengeance. Vengeance. Should I let you go? And what did you do? 
you according to your premeditated counsel you did a kangaroo court kangaroo court no it's called kangaroo court what is it what is it called now today we call it media trial those days we call kangaroo court media trial email trial facebook trial twitter trial all trial found guilty who is that person who found guilty son of son of man is found guilty you premeditated you planned it out how to how you will murder this man don't tell me it was unintentional. Don't tell me it was unintentional. Peter's looking at them and said, no, 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 no. We did it unintentionally. You are trying to put the guilt of this man upon us. No, 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 no. You did it intentionally. And you said, let his blood be upon us and our children. You said it. You did it intentionally. What hope for them? What hope? Men of Israel, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. You see, you know what the game changer is? Boy, after this, the game changer, I'm telling you, you will fall in love with my Lord. You will fall in love with my Jesus. Just wait for the climax. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles. Was he attested by? He was attested by God to you by miracles. And signs which God did through him in your midst and you yourselves know, also know, him being delivered by the predetermined purpose of God. You know what? There is divine sovereignty but there is also what we call as human responsibility. There is a doctrine of divine sovereignty and also God is sovereign, Calvinist. Somebody said, no, the best thing to do with a Calvinist is to take him to a buffet. What, what was predestined for you to choose today? Tandoori chicken? Tandoori roti? <laughs> you go to the Desi restaurant in, uh, in, uh, in Canada or in US, buffet? Calvinists can't go there. Calvinists only, only think about what? A la carte. Bring me the menu. Let me choose. No, 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 no. Buffet. No, no. <laughs> No, it was predestined by the counsel of God that I should choose tandoori chicken. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you did not know there was a tandoori chicken there. It was very much there right in front of your eyes. You have, and you chose tandoori. Because somebody said, no, that restaurant, tandoori chicken, already it was premeditated. You were dreaming about tandoori. It was, it was salivating in your mouth. The feet dragged you to the buffet restaurant. And it's right there in front of you now. And you chose. Don't say predestination. No, 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 no. Look at what it says. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by lawless hands. Have crucified. And you gave him a criminal's death. He was attested by God. There was a rich, there was a, there was a, was a thief who looked at him and he said, this man, is truly righteous. We are suffering righteously, and he is suffering injustice. There was a there was a soldier, Roman soldier, right there. That that guy was hardened, who saw blood all his life, who murdered people, who killed people, whose conscience is dead, and he looks at the Son of God and he says, "Truly, this was a man of God. Truly, this was the Son of God." But don't tell me, my dear brothers. Therefore, it was you are guiltless of his sin. Don't tell me. 
Pilate himself said, I wash my hands. But what did you say? Let his blood be upon me. You have crucified. See, if that is the case, what is the blood of Jesus doing? I should do. If that is the case, what should the blood of Jesus do? What should the blood of Jesus do? What should it cry for? Vengeance. But that is only half, no. That is just only half the story, right? The other side is amazing. You know what the other side is? You put him to death. God raised him. Hallelujah. God raised him. If he was dead and gone, then his blood would cry for vengeance because God raised him from the dead. You have forgiveness for your intentional sin. Do you know that? Do you know that? Do you know that? Resurrection. That is the reason why. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he took my sins far away. Rising, he justified, freed me forever. One day, he's coming back. Oh, glorious day. You know, our children are learning the song, saved, saved, saved. Since the Savior found me, I have perfect rest. Living in the realms of joy and happiness. Looking for, I mean, leaning on my Savior, looking for that day. When he shall come to catch his waiting bride away. Saved, saved, saved. I'm happy all the way. Saved, saved, saved. I love him more each day. Saved, saved, saved. I know he's my nature. He's saved and, what is that? Justifies and cleanses me by his power. <sighs> what a song. Why? He raised him. Why? Having lost the pains of death because it was impossible that he should be held by it. If he would have died, God would be unjust. That is how he becomes just and the justified by raising him from the dead. That is the reason why what is Sunday? The day of resurrection. Hallelujah. That is the reason why you should have a slip, your a skip on your, you know, remember it? walking and limping and Praising God. Not coming and drowsing and sleeping in the presence of God. No. Acts chapter 3. But you denied the holy and the just one. Asked for a what? Murder to be granted to you. And killed the prince of life whom? God raised him from the dead. And what? We are witnesses for that. We are witnesses. Why is this important, my dear brothers and sisters? Why is the resurrection the game changer? So that the avenger of blood cannot even touch the intentional sinner, like David, and deliver him from blood guiltiness. Why? Why? You know why? Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So when this corruptible shall put on, no, sorry, not before that, we'll look at, we'll come back to this. Now, if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead. How do some of you say that he is not, there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found what? False witnesses of God because we have testified that what? God raised him from the dead. And then 
whom he did not raise up, if in fact dead do not rise, if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Where is the option for us to be delivered from our intentional sin? Where? Where? You know what the law can do? You intentionally sinned. What will it do to you? Stone you to death. You know what grace does? You intentionally dead. You intentionally sinned. I will kill him. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to raise him from the dead. That way I will be just and the justifier of you who intentionally sinned and who have blood on your hands. You know something? A lot of people, they have blood on their hands and they are under the heavy penalty of guilt in their hearts. You know what God says to you today? My dear brother and my sister, come to my Jesus. Come to my Jesus. He took away that sin. Even your intentional sin. I remember when we were in YFC those days, YFC used to organize a camp called Camp uh, Crossfire. And Crossfire used to be one of the most fired up uh, places during in, in YFC days. You know, we used, used to have all kinds of fantastic preachers. And there was one preacher, when well, the first Crossfire which I attended, and the preacher was shouting at all those young people. You know? He was saying, young people, I know many of you are fornicators over here. Are fornicators over here. I know many of you are fornicators. You have slept with a girl. And one of you has come to me and confessed and that you got a girl pregnant before a time. I know it. But come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you of your sin. If you truly come to him this morning, come to him. Come to me. Your blood, the guilt of your blood can be taken away. He will remove it. He will remove it. You know why? He rose Jesus from the dead. Then also, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Why? If in this life only we have hope in Christ Jesus, of all the people we are what? Most pitiable because there is no redemption for our sins. But God raised him from the dead. Why? Serpent has a sting. Serpent says you have to pay God with interest, with the principle. Right? First Corinthians chapter 15. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. And what does the law say? If you have intentionally sinned, you have to be put to death. But you know what God did? God put him to death on the cross. And raised him from the dead. So that you can go free. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. And you know what it says? Same chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So when, sorry. So when corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Where is thy victory? You know why? (laughs) Christ was raised from the dead, and where the law stopped, you know where the law stops? Christ begins. We stop, that's the reason, we have a beautiful, there's one guy called... um, uh, Guram Joshua. You know what Guram Joshua said? He wrote a series of poems called Smasana Vatika. Smasana Vatika means graveyard. You know what he says? Everybody, doesn't matter if he's a king, he's a pauper, he's a prince, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's an artist, he's a writer, everybody should come to this Smasanam and he has to die. That's it. You know what? Bible says, where man ends, where religion ends, where the law ends, Christ begins. Christ begins. 
Christ begins. And all your intentional sin, all the sin that you have committed against God, intentionally, like the way David said, Lord, against you and you only have a sin. You know what God does? He puts it on Jesus. And he lets you go. Why? He is just. And by raising him from the dead, he becomes the justifier of all of us. And therefore, intentional rebels like me, (laughs) fornicators and adulterers like us, murderers in heart like us, intentional murderers in heart like us, we have hope, (laughs) my dear brothers. We have hope. We have hope. So what did I title today's sermon? Hallelujah, what a savior. (laughs) Hallelujah, what a savior. Hallelujah, what a savior. You know, it says, guilt, guilty, wild and, guilty, wild and helpless we. Guilty, wild and helpless we. Spotless lamb of God was he. Guilty, wild and helpless we. Spotless lamb of God was he. Full atonement. Can it be? Full atonement. Can it be? Can I become one with God with all my guilt and my shame and my corruption and my, and my guilt and my murder and my strife and my anger? Can I be fully reconciled with God? How can it be? And you know what he says? Hallelujah. What a savior. Hallelujah. What a savior. You know that song, you no, know, I, I, I teach the children the songs. Whenever I teach the sing, all the children's songs, especially hymns, I experience them personally. I really enjoy them personally. The word, those, the song which I taught them, saved, saved, saved. Now it's become their, almost they sing, they sing in their, in their, even in their sleep, they sing that song. You know what it, that, that song says? Saved, saved. Why, why are we just not saved? We are what? Saved? Saved? Saved. Three, three times saved. God has saved us from the penalty of sin. God has saved us from the power of sin. And God has saved us from the presence of sin. So we are saved, saved, saved. Three times. So what do we do? You know what do we do? We just sing this hymn and we say, Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span. Where? At Calvary. You see, he died and he was risen from the dead. He just did not die. He rose from the dead. And therefore, you know what? Our guilt is taken away. God can give us a clear conscience. Those people, their sins are only what? Covered. Our sins are just not covered. They are not even remembered. Our conscience is absolutely clear with God and with man, even our blood guiltiness. God did not forget David's sin. Even when he was writing the genealogy of Jesus, you know what he says? Solomon, the son of David, whom he had with, what? Beersheba Kadu, Uriah's son. Why? Very clear. Very, very clear. And in that same genealogy, Rehab the harlot is not mentioned. Rehab is mentioned. That's all her past life is gone. You know what, what happened at Calvary? My intentional sin was taken. 
And you know something? So many times we feel guilty, right? Because we have sinned deliberately. We knew this is right and we sinned against light. Where is hope for us if not at Calvary? Where is hope? So what does Hebrews chapter 6 say this morning? Hebrews 6 says, I'm going to put it for you. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We have a strong consolation and where have we done? We have fleed. Now in city of our refuge is Jesus himself now. And even if we have sinned intentionally, you know what? We can come back to Jesus this morning. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. Lord, this is what you, your loss is. This is what I did. This is what I planned. This is what I premeditated. And now, Lord, I am under the heavy guilt of my sin. I do not know where to go. Now Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Run to me. Flee to me. This morning. And you will have hope. So this morning, I want uh, Peter to come this morning. And let us sing the song. His blood is the bl- better than the blood of Abel. No, Remember? What can wash away our sins? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And we can all stand. And I would ask you to take this opportunity in the presence of the Lord. If there is people here in this house this morning who have sinned deliberately against light, this is the day of new beginnings. Eighth day of the eighth month. Kya baat hai? Is there any, is this a coincidence? Eighth day of the eighth month, you can have what? Freedom. Your blood speaks a better word. This morning, just stand and confess. Then all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth. Speaks righteousness for me Stands in my defense Jesus is your blood The blood of Jesus speaks on our behalf this morning It's not like the blood of Abel Who cries for vengeance The blood of Jesus can cry for mercy Because God raised him from the dead And you can flee to him this morning. Don't harden your hearts. Wherever you are, whoever is listening, in whichever part of the world, tell the Lord and say, Lord, I come back to you. I flee to you, O Lord. I realized that I cannot save myself. So many times I've sinned against light. I knew too much. But deliberately in my rebellion against, I sinned against you. I presumed so many times upon your goodness. And I sinned against you. I want to come back to you, Lord, this morning. Confess this morning, everybody, in your hearts. Don't have to come here or any place. Just in your own seats, in your own ways. In your own words, say, Lord. a better word than all the empty claims 
righteousness for me stands in my defense. Jesus is your blood. Oh, it's your blood. And what can wash away eyes? What can make us whole? Philosophers of this world will say, it may be that God will forgive sin, but I do not know how. That's all philosophies and the, of this world can do. The Socrates of this world, the Aristotles of this world can only do one thing and they can condemn us as sinners, guilty. But there's only one God who can say, I'm merciful. I'm just. On the cross, I punished my son for you. My unstoppable wrath and the force of my anger was consumed by the immovable love of God in my son. And that is the reason why Paul says, God in Christ Jesus was reconciling the world to himself. And we in the new covenant preachers and teachers of the word of God are called ministers of reconciliation and we beg and we implore this morning with all of those here hearing us be reconciled to God don't let your guilt stop you don't let your failures stop you God is merciful he is kind he says though your sins are as scarlet I will make them as white as snow because there is a fountain even now filled with blood being drawn from Emmanuel's veins and every sinner intentional and unintentional who take a plunge in that flood all their guilty stains will be removed there could be Lady Macbeth's who are watching the murders they have done in their hands and they said, who can rid me of this blood guilt? My Jesus can. My Jesus can. Because we killed him. But God raised him. That's how David says, Lord, Purge me with hyssop. Because Christ was the Passover lamb. 
the spotless, holy Passover lamb. Slaughtered. Slaughtered for us. God asked Abraham to stay his hand on his son. But when the eternal wrath of God was falling upon his own son, he did not stay his hand. Because he was looking at me. 2000 years later, who will hear the gospel in a youth camp and who will realize the guiltiness of my sin, the guilt caused by my sin, that I am guilty intentional. And when I cried out to mercy, he forgave me and he gave me a clear conscience. This morning, there's a blood of Jesus which speaks the better word than the blood of Abel. And the blood has never lost its power. Whatever be the enormity of your crime, whether they be intentional, whether they be unintentional, this morning, come to him, my dear brothers and sisters. Say, Lord, I, fuck, I confess, I repent. Sinners plunge beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains. Hallelujah. What a savior. Man of sorrows. Can it be? What a name to give to the son of God. Helpless sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah. What a savior. This morning, come to him, my dear brothers and sisters. Start afresh. For if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is the Holy One of God. Scripture says what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God has done by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for our sin, he condemned him in his flesh so that the righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit and there is therefore now no condemnation and we can save the hymn writer no condemnation now I dread Jesus and all in him is mine alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness divine Bold I approach the eternal throne And claim the crown through Christ my own Amazing love How can it be that thou my God should die for me This morning come back to my dear brothers and sisters If any man is in Christ He is a new creation Absolutely new You can have a fresh start with God Even in the 8th month of this year You can say Lord I've wasted 8 months Lord 7 months are gone Lord what hope for me? I've sinned and sinned and sinned against light. Deliberately sometimes, premeditatedly sometimes, Lord, what is there hope for me? God says, yes, there is hope this morning for you, my dear brother. My dear sin, my dear guilty, poor sinner, come to him this morning. Come to him this morning. And experience his love. Like the way I experienced and you experienced the very first time. At the cross. At the cross. Yes, Peter, what can wash away our sins, Lord? What can wash away 
saviors of the world they only deceive us but you save deceivers like us what an awesome God and therefore this morning we come to you oh Lord we humble ourselves before you and lay, we say Lord grant us the gift of repentance and Lord we will flee from the wraths to come and we will flee to that place of refuge behind the veil in the holiest place where God has given access by the blood and the body of a son which he rent on the cross and who raised us, raised him from the dead so that we, we, we can plunge ourselves in that flood and lose all our guilty stains. I pray Father for every brother and sister who is mourning for their sin and saying, Lord, is there hope for me? Lord, there is hope only in you, O Lord. There is hope only in you this morning. Wherefore, we come to you. We want to experience your love, Lord. We want to experience your love, Jesus. We don't want to pretend that we are not guilty of intentional sin. We intended to sin. We presumed upon your goodness. And therefore, this morning, we ask you to forgive us, Lord. Reconcile us to yourself this morning and grant us a fresh start, a new beginning, O Lord. A new beginning, O Lord, because you said in your word, Behold, I make all things new and make it new, Father, for many of your children this morning who are under the weight of sin, who are dragging themselves to church, who have lost the skip in their legs this morning. Bring them back to you, O Lord. Let them experience that flood and let them experience the guilt being taken away. Let them experience the salvation of the living God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Bless them, Lord, this morning. For you said in your word, Blessed is a man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, unto whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Find, O oh Lord Jesus, this morning, in your people, a safe haven for your word. Comfort your people this morning. Let them come to the cross and cling to it. And let them experience a guilt-free life. And let them walk with newness of life this morning. And testify to this word. And say, He raised him from the dead. And I am his witness. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. 
We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. Amen. 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 Amen.